Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you right here from the Genie Bottle. This is your hostess, your groove mistress, and uh, cruise director, Madam Perry, but you can call me Jan or Jennifer or uh, Perry, Miss Perry, whatever. I am just happy to be here and happy that you are too. Thank you to everyone who has been oh. All of the people that have been subscribing on different platforms, I appreciate you so much. If you're listening live tonight, and this is uh, May 4th, 2020, 8.01 p.m. Eastern Time or GMT minus 4, whatever it is now, and you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, if you haven't, if you haven't followed or subscribed, there is, I think, a hot pink, I call it Azalea pink button up there that says follow, please click on that, and that way you'll know when, who, who's coming when, uh, what's going on, so that people don't have to say, oh, why didn't you tell me, why didn't you remind me, that way you'll know, um, and that also helps me, that and the very, um, the very nice reviews that people have been leaving for the show on Stitcher, and Apple iTunes, uh, that helps me to have all the great guests we've had recently and ones we got coming up and ones like tonight. Um, by the way, last week we had uh, Donnie Most, or Don Most, he goes by now, Donnie Most. Uh, we all first fell in love with him as, as Ralph Mouth on Happy Days, and he shared with me, and I put it, and I shared with uh, all my social media, I think I did, uh, a couple of things he's involved in right now. Of course, he was... Um, about to go on tour, you know, he sings a uh, very Bobby Darren-like swing. Uh, but Don has uh, a couple of things on YouTube, which is uh, an episode of Viral Vignettes with him and actor Robert Wool. Very funny. They're short, about 10 minutes. Very funny things. It's so good. I, I've shared that, but check that out. Also, him and his old pal from Happy Days, Anson Williams, they had not, they had never acted again after Happy Days until they did this. Uh, show called Harvest Time, and I believe it's on Amazon Prime, but you can check it on uh, YouTube, check the pilot for it, and it, it's good, it's good, it's got some dark humor in it, but it, it's very good, um, and let's see, what else, oh, Bruce Sudano was on uh, last Thursday, now Bruce, most of you know, some people, if you've been around for a little bit like me, you know him from bands like Alive and Kickin' and Brooklyn Dreams. Also, he worked with and wrote a lot of songs with his late wife, Donna Summer. And I think he was involved in the creation of the summer, Donna Summer, the musical last year that was on Broadway. That was going to travel, but it's on hold for now. But anyway, Bruce Sudano, that was his, um, that's the second time he's been here on the show. And he has a new CD. It's called Spirals Volume 1. And I've been sharing the links for that. So, um, so you can make sure to get Bruce's new CD. He is still, his voice is still in fine shape. Very warm, 
very soulful. You know, now that I play his acoustic version of Bad Girls on here. Um, and let's see, just say coming up soon, I'll make this real quick because I've got to get to the nice guest. I'm so excited. Uh, Wednesday, we have filmmaker, actor, scriptwriter Eric Shoemaker. Uh, Monday, sci-fi author Mary Fan. On Tuesday, the 12th, Dave uh, Nassani, he, uh, he wrote The Caregiver's Caregiver. Hey, it's my life, too. And then on the 18th, Monday, we have Val Jean Jeffers. And people who know Val Jean, she has a very specific genre she writes in, and that is black erotic sci-fi and fantasy. And uh, so she's going to come on, and if you're not already a fan, you'll see why she's so popular. So, yeah, tonight. I told you I had something very special. And tonight's guest, uh, I hardly know where to begin, but he is. So I'm just going to put the short version out, and then he can come on and tell you all the good stuff that he does. He's a psychic medium, spiritual teacher. He has a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in social work. So he not only has the gift and the skill and uses it, but he's got that that kind of cred. He's got a bachelor's and a master's to back up the cred, give it some weight, and uh, give him an even uh, more comprehensive toolkit probably. But anyway, he's known as a tell-it-like-it-is psychic. Uh, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't be every fairy. He's loving and kind, but he tells it like it is. So I am just thrilled to have him here tonight. Welcome for the first time in here in the genie bottle, Vincent Oh, how fabulous. Thank you. And it's so great to be here, Jen. Thank you for inviting me. And you know, I met Don Most in person um, oh, 40 years ago. Yes, Henry Winkler, the entire cast of Happy Days, while we were filming, because I used to be a professional actor, and I was a singer and dancer in the movie Grease, and we worked on <gasps> Paramount Studios, so I had a chance to meet and sit and talk with Henry Winkler. Oh, it was great. Yeah, oh I, I, did you pass out on me? Can you tell? Yes, I know, I know, I know. My biggest claim to fame in my my acting career. Let me tell you. But you are a trained um, actor and dancer, and, prof- and you did work professionally as an actor. And I think yes, I did. I did a lot um, of musical theater. And did you did you think that was where you were going to be the rest of your life, or did they? Did they Jen, are you kidding me? Life? That's all I <laughs> wanted. I thought I was going to receive an Academy Award, a Tony, an Emmy, everything, a Grammy. I don't care what it was. I figured that it would be up on my shelf. That's what kept me alive <laughs> as a kid and kept me going. I never realized that it was going to transition into the work that I'm doing today, but I'm still performing. When, when, if you come to my, one of my events, it's like a one-man show, and I think my entire experience as a professional actor was there for me to learn how to reach my audiences. So, like, you know, as a performer, as an actor, you, you grab everybody by the heart, and you make them laugh, and you make them cry, and you make them think, and that's exactly what I do now. So transitioning from mm. a performer to a spiritual teacher and speaker and psychic medium was really easy for me, you know, and, and get my social work degree as psychotherapist. Well, after you work with a bunch of actors, you're either going for therapy or you become a therapist. So, 
<laughs> okay. So that was an easy transition there too. Yeah, I saw, um, you, you know, as, a, as an entertainment publicist, that's what I always tell clients. I go, you know, you're going to have to just kind of bring something a bit more dimensional, uh, uh, several layers, because the day attention span world, not that I'm not saying people are stupid, but I'm saying people are assaulted with all kind of uh, messages and sounds and whatever everywhere they go, so you need to really grab their attention and hold them so that they forget. And, uh, and I, one of the things I saw, uh, I watched you on, was and I see that you know I think it's another bit of the act. I mean you know you, your your um, your information on your website talks about you know you with your degrees in psychology mm-hmm. and social work. Um, yeah, it does uh, add to your to all of your credentials. However, I think too the the showmanship you learn, the professional showmanship, you seem to walk in and read a room, and I picture you reading people and knowing exactly what they're open to and and what and reading between the lines of what they ask you uh but one example i think i watched you on the show i think it's called um impulsive with was it logan paul oh my gosh yes with logan paul wasn't that crazy oh my gosh yeah because i thought okay he's going in it's, it's just one against three these guys are already geared up to you know to do their thing their way and you just and then nobody got anything. I mean, you just came and you were ready for the room. You know, and, <laughs> and let me tell you, that was a hard room. But what they didn't show was prior to the show, what had happened that gave me that power. They, they were asking me to walk through the house. And I instantaneously picked up on a spirit and knew that they were seeing something in the house, too. So as soon as I started talking about that, they started getting freaked out going, oh, my gosh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And so they said, what is it that you see? And I told them there's a soldier of some kind here. And they started screaming right away. And, and then the, all of them, there's five roommates that live with Logan, right, in this 10,000-square-foot mm-hmm. home in Encino. It's a gorgeous home, really. No bachelor should have a home like that. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and so they're asking me, okay, all right, all right. Uh, it's okay if you don't get it, but – what type of soldier? And I'm like, oh, wait, you know, I don't recognize the uniform so easily. Over by me in North Carolina, you get a lot of civil war and revolutionary war. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's not that. I can't figure it out. It's, that. it's old for sure. So it's not like World War One or World War Two. And I'm thinking and I'm thinking, I go, oh, my gosh, I know what it is. They said, what? I said, it's a cavalry soldier. And they, they ran through the house screaming away from me because they couldn't believe I got it. Apparently, when that, that, that spirit had been coming in the house, but a month before they were away, I forgot what mountains they were near. I mean, over in Asia, I think. And one of the guys found a toy, toy soldier in the dirt, and it was an old cavalry toy soldier on a horse. And after they brought that soldier home, that's when the spirit started showing up, and I pinpointed it. And so they were like, oh, my gosh, you're a god. we got to listen to everything that you say. So from that point on, and the producers said, you go for it and take over because these guys need to hear you. And that's what they did. It was crazy. Do you know how many people listen to that and watch that show? And kids, I had 
13, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 18-year-olds writing mm-hmm. me, asking me if I could help them. I was like, I felt so bad for the 12-year-old. I'm like, you haven't even lived yet, and you're asking for help because you can't stand your life. That's terrible. I, you know, I, I felt like saying maybe you should be watching something other than Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a living like a groove and let groove kind of gal, you know, and I watch a lot of different things. But my only um, my only thing I'd ever seen about Logan Paul, I think, was going to, to Japan to the forest or whatever. And I don't want to go. Into, right. I don't want to go into a description of that and so forth. Like I, I know, thinking, right? Well, it's a younger generation thing, not my thing. But I thought, but I was watching. I thought, but I want to see Vincent with some different people, and see. It was like, man, he knew. He know you. You know how to own it. <laughs> oh, I made him face that. I made him face that. And everything that I was saying, the producer was like, oh, my God, Logan needed to hear all of that. And I was actually holding back because his father was sitting in the audience and there were so many things I wanted to say. He was in the room. We were in his garage. That's where he films. And so Mm -hmm. his father was sitting right there and they weren't expecting him. And so there were so many things I needed to say that I couldn't say because I didn't want to embarrass his father or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I was like, oh, my God. So I did what I could. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, Logan is a great guy. He, he'll, he'll correspond back to me if I write him. So he's really nice, you know. So we did hit it off. He gave me these incredible sweatshirts and shouted out to my grandkids. And I was my Aww. grandkids' superhero. Because my grandson is 12, and the other one is, is 11 years old. And the whole school found out, their school found out that I was on Logan Paul's show. And they were like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, your poppy is famous. <laughs> it was hysterical <laughs> because I was on that guy's show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but we talked about good things, and that's all I cared about. I needed the audience to hear, even though I was giving them readings, I needed them to hear the message behind the readings, and they did. And that's what, you know, that's all I care about is the message. And I do have, I'm a very different psychic medium. My demographic mm-hmm. is 50% men, 50% women. women. That is unheard of in my field. Men mm. don't go to psychics, but I have that many men coming to me because of the way, because I do get down in the dirt with them. I don't, you know, it's not the, you know, woo-woo, um, warm fuzzies. There's a time for that, but not majorly, yeah. especially today. You know, people don't need to be held by the hand anymore. They need to be directed by the shoulders, you know. Some even kicked in the butt, and they thank me when I do kick them in the butt. Mm, yeah. But I do it out of love, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I do it from love. You kick, you you kick them in the butt out of love. I got it. So uh, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah, you do. You play it straight. You you know as somebody that plays it straight. You tell it like it is. Uh, but you do. But you are sincere about leading them in the right direction. And I think that's one of the, that's just one of the reasons yes. why you're so popular. So um, how long now? You, you start theater, dancing, perform, and of course that you you relate that to uh, you use those skills. In your work, but when did you become a psychic medium, and, and when did you know you had the gift and that you had to use it? 
Oh, goodness. It wasn't. Gosh, I wish I could say, Jen, that I was five years old and I walked into my bedroom and saw an angel sitting on my bed who told me that this is my mission now. No, usually when I was young and I was walking into my bedroom, it was my mother sitting on the bed with a strap ready to hit me for some stupid reason. So it it wasn't that way. It wasn't until I was 28 years old. And I was pursuing my acting career professionally. I started very young. Um, Like I said, I was in the movie Grease. I did that at 22. But I had started a nightclub act when I was 19, singing all over New York uh, with Miss New York State. So, you know, I had done that very early. And it it was, you know, I, I was the tormented one in school. I was the bullied one. I was basically the only bullied one out of an entire school that went from elementary school all the way to high school. Excuse me. And so one of the kids who was the major um, instigator of my bullying, a football player, very popular, he actually wound up becoming a really good friend of mine at our 10-year high school reunion from that day on. It was after I did the movie Grease, all of a sudden I became famous in my hometown now, you know, and we had our 10-year high school mm-hmm. reunion. I mean, Grease was an overnight sensation for me and for everybody, and, and it really was um, a very special because of the way it made everything turn out in my life. Uh, you know, I, I was no major player in it, but it didn't matter. I could have been John Travolta himself, you know, to the other people in the small town I grew up in. And so this guy became a friend of mine, but he was suffering, and he wasn't sharing that with anybody. But for some reason, that's when I began to know things. I, I acted as a little professor. That's what my uncle named me when I was a little kid. I used to chime in all the adult conversations, and they, my mother used to smack me at the side of my head for interfering. But the problem was that they were so pissed at me because I would know the right answer to whatever question they were asking. Mm. And I was this young little kid and I didn't know. Uh I didn't know. I just thought that I was just, you know, trying to get attention. I had no idea where that was coming from, but at 28, this guy's life was falling apart. I was tormented by that. I, I, my heart was breaking because I didn't know how to help him. I had no skills. All I knew was singing, acting, dancing. That's it. And I wasn't about ready to sing the guy to make him feel better. So he needed much more than that. And it was after a weekend spending um, a weekend with him at his beautiful condo in Connecticut. My wife and I are driving home to New York and I'm crying, literally crying because I was feeling him so much. And my wife thought, oh, my gosh, Vince, what's wrong? You know, and I'm like, his life is falling apart. I just know it. I know something's wrong. I know he's hurting, but I don't know how to help him. So I cried out to God in the car. No matter how much I had been tormented in my life, I never prayed to God to ask it to stop. Only because I figured somehow, some way, I was deserving that. I just, you know, because that's the message I received from everybody, that I was this brat and arrogant and whatever, um, no good, not nice, I don't care. Even though I was such a sweet guy, I was only a kid anyway, and very talented. I started singing, acting, and dancing when I was a little kid in all the shows and in chorus and everything, but still I was so hated. And so I cry out to God, and within a week, it was thrust upon me. I started 
knowing things that, uh, you know, ancient wisdom, I, we were never, never in touch with any of that information before. I started reading minds. I started becoming psychic. All Whoa. I knew of psychics is when I was living in California, all the nuts there. That's all I knew of psychics, that they were <laughs> loonies from California. <laughs> Right. And that, you know, who knew, you know, that because most of them yeah, were all yeah. women and they dressed nuts with the crystal balls and everything, just like the old <laughs> gypsies. You know, I'm talking back uh-huh. in, in the 70s now and the early 80s. And so I don't want anything to do with that. Now, all of a sudden, this stuff is happening to me. And it took a long time for me to accept it. Now, I started right away researching because I was guided into studying. And so I was researching and, and I was led to education material and all different kinds of material. And so mm-hmm. after, you know, a, a little while, after a couple of years of having this ability, then I was directed into doing readings. But I only wanted to do them part time. And I didn't want to call myself a psychic because that was still a crazy word to me. So, so I said intuitive counselor or transpersonal mm-hmm. counselor, right? And so I started right. doing, I, I hooked up with a psychic fair, and every Sunday we worked in a different location, and I started doing the readings. And, um, and that's when it began that I was actually putting into the practice. But it wasn't until 2008 that I started doing this full time because I didn't think I could do this as a full time career. And it turned oh. into a full time career uh, overnight uh, again after another situation that occurred in my life that took me out of. I had gone back to school because while I was doing this part time, we were having our second child. And that's when I left the acting field from trying to get into it full time. We were living in California. I was doing some movies. We moved back to New York so I could do Broadway. That was really hard. Didn't get Mm -hmm. a chance to do Broadway. Um, We wanted a second child. My wife gets pregnant. I left the field. But I worked in an entertainment field, a, a disc jockey company, actually, as a trainer and an assistant manager for a very large company. And then I started doing my own parties, too. So Mm -hmm. that began, you know, all right, I wasn't really thrilled with what I was doing, but I was doing really well because I used my past entertainment and my motivational Mm -hmm. stuff. And I didn't realize that that was training me. It was a beginning of a training Ah. of speaking and motivating and inspiring. I was the guy in charge of inspiring all the employees, motivating them, teaching them how to be good, how to entertain, how how to, you know, reach people and feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. So that started then. And then I had to leave that and another, I had three automobile accidents in my life that changed my entire life, and neither one of them were my fault, other than maybe universally that I manifested it. And I know we're not victims, so somehow I manifested it, Jen. It was crazy. And I I couldn't do my work anymore. And so I was still doing part-time readings, and one of my clients that came to me once a month said, you know, and he found out that, you know, I couldn't, I I had to leave my job, I was, you know, unemployed, other than the psychic stuff. He said, why don't you go back to school and become a psychotherapist, because I get more help from you 
than I get from my own <laughs> therapist. And you can combine it. And I said, oh. are you kidding me? And meanwhile, I had no college background at all. That would mean that I'd have to go back and, and go for like almost eight years. I was like, oh I hated school. And I'm, I'm in my 30s already. <laughs> and, and I have two kids now. And I'm supposed to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to my wife about it, she said, that sounds like a great idea. You would get such credibility. And that way, I didn't have to worry about calling myself a psychic if I had, you know, some degree behind my name. Plus, more importantly, I wanted to learn about the human mind. I wanted mm-hmm. to know all about right. it since I was diving into it. And I was seeing people psyche. And everything that they were going through, I wanted to know more about it. So, yeah, so I, I go back to school full-time. My wife is working full-time supporting four of us on her one salary, which wasn't that great. But we struggled through it, uh, and I, it took me seven years, and I completed my Whoa. BA in psychology, and everything fell into place it fell into place incredibly and uh after i got my degree i started working uh privately uh the school was referring clients to me i i first trained within the counseling and psychological services of unc here the university of north carolina at chapel hill uh-huh and and then they were referring clients to me when I had to leave and opened up my own place. And then I was offered a job in hospice, and I became a hospice mm-hmm. social worker. And that all helped me. And in between all of that, I was using my psychic skills. My supervisors and boss would say to me, Vince, I, you know, you must have a sixth sense with your clients because you can diagnose them with five within five minutes of meeting them, and it usually takes a couple of weeks for us to get an accurate, you know, diagnosis. And you do it so quickly as soon as you meet them. Boy, you are really Methodist. Oh. And I'm going, uh huh. I guess maybe I'm fortunate. <laughs> what can I tell you? I wasn't going to tell anybody that I was a as a psychic. You know, they would have laughed me out of the business, but. <laughs> After a while, Jen, I was getting very frustrating, fresh, frustrated doing it as a psychotherapist because when you're licensed, you have to follow procedures and formalities. And so mm-hmm. instead of me being able to tell the client as soon as they come in what the problem is and let's start working on the problem, I had to wait there mm-hmm. until they finally come to it themselves. And majority of time I just kept going, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of your mother? Mm-hmm. And man, because I was bored as anything, because I already knew I was trying to lead them into that direction. And then I started getting clients that were very spiritually minded. They would start conversations about their spiritual beliefs, so I was able to go there with them. And he eventually opened the door, and then I said, that's it. I'm just going to be, and here's what happened. I said, God, you got to help me. Get me out of this work. Um, it was that, starting to get bad because it became a business, just like everything else in the medical profession. They didn't care oh, if yeah. I was helping my clients. They just wanted me to sign up a whole bunch. And I was like, God, you got to mm-hmm. get me out of this. I was, that was the third right. car accident I had. I had 
brainstem injury from the third car accident. Now, it sounds more serious than it was, but what happens if it gave me double vision and I couldn't drive again, drive a car? Well, that takes you out of the profession here completely because you have to be able to, you have to have a driver's license and you have to be able to drive just until, you might have to do community service with people or community outreach. I couldn't do Mm -hmm. that. So I lost my job. I was on workers' comp. And all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, people were calling me for readings. They, and it turned into full-time work for readings. Then people started calling me up to ask me to go speak. It was crazy, and I'm occupying all your time telling you this crazy nut story here, Jen. <laughs> but that's where I am today, and it led into all of this so perfectly. So that's how I found out about this. It just was thrust upon me. Well, and, and I know you don't know what to say after that. <laughs> yeah, there's parts of it that you have to ask God, tell me what to do. But on yep. the other hand, yeah, you were already being, it was already thrust upon you from, from childhood. It just was uh, It was. It had to be part of my plan yeah. after thinking about it because the way everything, including, uh, you know, and I want everybody thinking this, that just because they go through hell in life, that that was a soul contract. But I know for my sake, because my worst enemy in school became my greatest catalyst for my gifts and my greatest joys today in the work that I do. So that had to be part of my plan somehow, some way. So it's just an incredible story when I think about it. And everybody does have a story. They just have to make Mm -hmm. the right choices. You know what I mean? Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, but then sometimes, you know, we don't. You know, we get all about the choice. By the way, uh, I want to stop a moment and say, um, if you're listening live and you'd like to talk with Vincent, uh, just give us a call. The number is 646-716-922. Or for people who don't have a phone or who can't get to a phone at the moment or can't call, uh, you can always message me on as Madam Perry or Jennifer Perry, Jennifer Maudette Perry. So, um so then you see, you know, your your life is a different way. I guess it was special upon you, but it's like the you got the wide angle, you got the big panoramic view eventually, and uh, and you began to do this. What um, right? I would imagine that right now people are asked a lot about what's going on now. What people are concerned about uh, their health, about their money, about their future, and their families. What kind of questions are, are you getting? Am I in the right place there? All of the above. Um, what is really happening, Jen, in this situation is we, we, they seem or they sound like they have fears based on the coronavirus. In actuality, mm-hmm. their fears aren't mostly from the coronavirus. Yes, you can have your concerns oh my gosh, you know, I got to make sure that I'm stocked up on my food and my essentials. Uh, Better wear a mask if I go to the grocery store. Let me make sure I have enough disinfectant. Those are concerns, but those are normal concerns under a situation like this. And it's okay to have those. It's even okay to have some anxiety or is it going to be okay because my pay has been cut or I lost my job altogether. Yes, you're going to have concerns like that and some of those fears, those are normal. 
but people aren't having just normal fears from this. What's happening is it's surfacing all of their old issues and fears that they had never taken care of. Our mind in that part, yes, exactly. When we receive negative messages from our environment, there's a special place in our minds that hold on to that. If you can think of a jug, an empty jug with a cork on top, mm-hmm. that jug gets filled and retains every single negative experience you have ever had, every fear, every doubt, whatever it was, every criticism you heard, the mind holds on to that and harbors that. Now, under normal conditions, if you're doing positive stuff in your life and you're feeling happy Mm -hmm. and you have great relationships and you've got good health and your finances are good, you're actually emptying some of those fears out from that bottle. However, with Mm. every new negative circumstance, there goes the bottle. It starts getting filled up. Well, some people wind up having negative circumstance after negative circumstance after negative circumstance. That bottle gets filled up pretty rapidly. In the psychotherapy realm, that's when we get to see patients. When the cork on the bottle starts to give way or it cracks and stuff starts seeping through or it blows off altogether, that's when we get patients that have major depressive disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety disorder, panic disorder, any type of disorder that you can imagine that comes up, it's because the cork can no longer hold down all of that negative stuff. Now when you get a crisis like this, which is so traumatic, It is throwing so much stuff in that bottle that not only is the cork blown off and the stuff spewing out, it's spewing out from the bottom. You know when you take a jug and you're trying to clean it out, right? Maybe an empty Mm -hmm. milk jug and you got to rinse it out so that you can put it to recycling. And you hold it underwater. Mm -hmm. What is the water as it's forcing its way through? Isn't it bringing the stuff up from the bottom and pushing it out? right? Until it's totally clear, right? That's exactly what happens Mm -hmm. when you keep pouring in from the top. Well, that's exactly what happens now with our minds and most people that are experiencing this as, as a real bad trauma, even though they may not have the virus, it's because that stuff from their past is spewing out. That's why now is the perfect time period to heal your life and take care of yourself so that way when we're on the other side of this, you're in a better place and you're pursuing the life you want. Now is the time to do this work. All right. So, well, that's that's certainly an eye-opener. Um, right? And I didn't mean for you to start it right now, Jen. I know you were you were concentrating on it and taking notes and everything like that. <laughs> because yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you want to. Whoa. It's great. It is. It's very motivational at this point, even though it's very emotional. It's very emotional. Yeah. I understand it. And depending yeah. upon the story, can you imagine some of the people with all the hatred, with all the negativity, the way they're acting right now, what they've been holding on in that bottle in their mind? Because that's the result. Oh, of it. yeah. Right? 
right? Even the right. people who yes. went out and bought a hundred rolls of toilet paper, it's because <laughs> of the garbage from their past. Totally. Now, that makes perfect to me. I just, yeah, it's like this. You really think we're going to run out? There's got to be, you know, some don't make It seems like it doesn't make sense to those of us who feel more secure. But think of a person who, while they were growing up, had lack, nothing but lack. Maybe didn't have enough food because the parents didn't have enough money. Maybe maybe they did have money but didn't want to, to give it to the child, wanted the child to have to work real hard for anything. Maybe never gave them at all. And this child growing up felt nothing but lack, felt nothing but nobody is going to take care of me until they became older. And then the message that they learned is that they had to work and get it for themselves and protect themselves because there'd be nobody else there they're going to be the first person you see running out and taking it away and fighting you tooth and nail to the death if you go to take that role away from them because that's what they grew up believing that they had to do to survive because they were never taught they were worth more than that and that somebody would care for them and that if they ran out of paper, somebody would from the bottom of their hearts want to help them. But they never got a chance to experience that when they were younger. So, yeah, so that's what you get to see now. Oops, all of a sudden I'm not hearing you anymore. I'm not sure if you can still hear me. I can still hear you. Oh, fabulous. Okay, good, good. Oh, you, you, okay. you went away into that ethereal land. That world, the twilight we're zone there. We're here in a genie bottle. Anything can happen. That's where we are. And by the way, um, I was going to say, if you if you have a question or talk to Vincent, uh, the number is 646-699. be happy to talk to you. And I want to present to the fact that you've got a um, great website, vincentgeno.com. You've got to it right now because I've got a call on the line. Hi, welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. You're here with me and Vince and us. Come on and introduce yourself and say hello to Vincent. Hello. Hi. How are you? Who is this? Hi, dear. Hello? Can you hear us? I, hello? Hi, there. Can okay, you and your name and your name is No, the phone is going okay. in and out for some reason. The electronics here, okay, then the know. energy. Somebody's from from a seven three code. I won't give you a whole number, but from a area code has called and you're here with me, uh Madam Perry or Jennifer Perry and Vincent Jenna, a psychic therapist, psychic medium and spiritual advisor. Um if you're the caller here from 703 area code, welcome. And introduce yourself. Okay. Hello? Uh, there may be some problems with the phone line because you're also going in and out, Jen, too. Then let me check on this, see if I can bring them back in. Um, also, 
once in a while I have somebody calling that calls in from Asheville, and they want to call in to listen, but they don't want to talk. So I, <laughs> well, they don't want to say anything, but they just want to listen. Right, gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, 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 and you're talking about uh, Asheville, North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I love Asheville. Isn't it beautiful? Yes, I'm in Raleigh. Oh, yeah. Asheville yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, right, right. As a matter of fact, they had an, a, a friend of mine told me they had an earthquake there yesterday. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew that it was Puerto a 2.3, yeah. but it still was an earthquake. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Hmm, I was living there for about 10 years, so, I, yeah, I have to check with my people. Beautiful um, area, yes. Did you get anybody yeah. back? Oh. Did you get no, hi, this is Madam Perry. Is somebody from the 703 area code calling in? Well, if hi. you want to message me on Facebook, me? let me know. That. Hi. Yes. Oh, you can hear me. Hello? Yes. Hi. Yes. I can hear oh, you, hey, too. Who is this? <laughs> uh, this is uh, Patrick from the 703 area code. Yes, uh, Patrick. I yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I was having a few technical difficulties. Okay. But that's well, okay. So are we. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. This guy Vince comes with energy and a lot of. I don't know. So yeah, I'm not going to just blame it on you, Vince. But I'm just saying. I know you can. You can blame it on me and my energy. It's been <laughs> happening lately. So Patrick, do you have a question for me? You know, I'm. I'm I'm fairly familiar with the whole idea of people who have uh, passed making their presence known. Um, but one strange thing that's been happening recently is that people that I've known who I'm not quite uh, don't necessarily think of left this world uh, seem to be doing the same thing. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, what, what am I missing here as far as what spirits are trying to tell me? Uh, so are you saying that there are living people that you are getting communication from like their souls and not from them physically? Yes. Okay. Uh, all right, Patrick, that actually is yep. normal and good for you that you are open enough to be able to hear that. I, too, will be able to communicate with souls that are stepping away from their body. If they've got something they need to say that the human part of them cannot say, they will still attempt to get that message across to somebody who will hear them by stepping away from their bodies. So there, there is nothing special that you need to hear about what's going on other than the souls want to tell you something, and all you need to do is keep yourself open and open your inner ear and trust it and allow the communication to happen. Um, and in some way, it's meant to help. So they obviously have something important that they want to tell you that they can't say in the living. Okay. Now, are these people that you already know? Yes, uh, but people that I've not been in contact with for quite a while. Um, 
you know, I, I, I frequently do communicate with spirits of various types. Um, right. A lot of times they're asking, a lot of times they're asking for my help uh, with something. Uh, for instance, I've had, um, for lack of better term, I'll call them land spirits, uh, contact me and complaining about, uh, about people littering in, you know, their, their streams and, and whatnot, things like that. Uh, for an example, mm. um, but, uh, you know, if, if it's, you know, someone who's asking me to do something, uh, or asking for my help, uh, I'm not sure what I can do unless I'm getting a, a clear message and, and, Getting the getting the appeal, <laughs> right? Well, it could be. It, it's not necessarily that you have to do something to help them. They may be letting you know. And these people, uh, there's a couple of times that they will step away from their bodies. One, like I said, because they want to get a message through or to say or make just make connection. Two, because they're getting ready to cross over. Okay. So it's very possible that any of those that you're speaking with, they're stepping away from their body for some reason. Um, They're wanting to make that communication with you. What I would do if I were you, if there was a way to be able to contact them in the physical plane, like a phone call, an email, I would contact them because if their soul is reaching you, it's wanting some type of communication. So always go for the natural communication first before you go to the supernatural communication, right? So try to make contact okay. with them and see what's going on because there could be – it's very possible that you might be able to help them just after you communicate with them. Hey, how you doing? I've been thinking about you lately. What's going on? And they may share something with you that they need you to hear, your ear, being a support or something that you actually can do. So I would try to get a hold of them first if you can. And if not, then just let them know, put it out there in your mind that you're open to whatever you can do for them. If they're just wanting to make communication, thank you. It's great to see you. I hope everything is okay for you. Acknowledge them. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging them. Um, But the only type of help that you should be giving spirits, okay, and the only reason why they should be contacting you is if there is some closure, some healing that can be done. Um, uh, And, of course, the regular guidance thing, of course, they're going to be telling you things like we need to, you know, clean up, stop littering down there. You're, You're making a mess and you're causing all these problems. Um, but but it should be for healing and helping um, in closure in some way if you're talking with spirits. Okay, Patrick? Okay, gotcha. Thank you. All right, man. Well, I wish you the best. You take care now. Be in touch. Let me know. Go to my website and communicate with me there. You'll find a way to connect, and that way uh, I can know what's going on, all right? Okay, great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Patrick, thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling, Patrick. All right, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're quite right. welcome. Wish you all the best. Okay, thank you. Okay, what a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and, and, and people are experiencing all kinds of phenomena. That's the thing. And and they're afraid. There's more people than not that see entities and feel them, smell them, deceased loved ones. They don't know what to do with it. 
because it still isn't normalized enough yet. It's become normalized via the Long Island medium and television shows like that. And even that, mm-hmm. people laugh at. They think it's just entertainment. It's not making it real and bringing it down to earth enough. I try to do that. I try to normalize being psychic and being and you know and mediumship because we all have that ability. Spirits are around us all the time wanting to communicate and help. You have the experiences. Just trust them. You don't have to go into business, but just acknowledge it. We, we need the mm-hmm. intuition. Otherwise, we wouldn't ever have survived. It, it's, it's intuition that is our greatest gift and our greatest guidance system. I agree with that. And sometimes uh, <laughs> don't be... Yeah, what, what's the... Ex- and that's something I have never heard before. Not, you know, not that I'm the expert like you, but I do try to read a lot and, and try to learn wherever I can. And uh, that was something new to me. Uh, yes. Somebody stepping away the body. There are, I, and I, I experience it a lot, especially when I'm, I'm working with a client, because once the, the interesting thing, and people would be like, well, how does my father know that I'm here with you? First of all, we're all, all the souls are connected together, and we all know each other in some way. So it would be like if I'm doing a reading with you, your soul is telling somebody on the other side. Oh, by the way, Jen is with Vince right now, so if there's any message that we need to get to Jen and anybody who has anything to say, oh, wait a minute, I know Jen's father. Hold on. Let me go see if I can you know, wake him up or something or, or you know, put a little inspiration in him. Maybe he wants something to say, and even though he's alive. So the soul will say something, especially if it can't speak it. And it's usually, I'm, a, I'm sorry, I love you. Um, I know I've never said that while I was, you know, while I'm alive, because the human mind and that left brain thinking and all the pains get in the way of what we really want to say and what we really want to do, and it just confounds it and bogs it down. So the soul will break away every so often and try to make a communication with you, you know? It's very interesting. It really is. That, yeah, that's that's a whole new one on me. By the way, I also want to say that if you go to Vincent's website, uh, you can find out how to schedule an appointment with him. You don't have to be in uh, was it Raleigh, North Carolina, um, but you right, can. Right, no. You can get no. You can get soul to soul psychic medium reading or spiritual counseling. He also has a service to remove negative energies and spirits from homes. Events lectures, workshops, and you can purchase a gift voucher for someone. If somebody you know wants to and they go, oh, I don't know if I've got the money. What a lovely gift to give to someone. Also, you um, you have, and boy, this is really popular now, you have uh, digital audio. So they look like CDs, but they're EPs. But they're, I mean, uh, uh, digital MP3s of right. uh, meditation, guided meditation. And um, I like this one, and I think this is one of your uh, one of your main main things. Stop stopping yourself and become unstoppable. That's absolutely one. yes. Um, <laughs> uh, seven journeys for your soul. He has several, and they're not expensive. And the thing is, too, with the uh, guided meditation, it can 
you can go that meditation over and over and and every time it's fresh. Uh, so definitely go check out that. So you can schedule something. You can get a gift voucher for someone. You can uh, purchase, download a meditation. Uh, you will, and it's an easy to navigate website so that people don't have to say, oh, I needed help, and then I couldn't get to the website. It's very, very user-friendly. Okay, uh, Vincent, I have another person here for you. Hi, welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. You're here with uh, me, Jennifer Perry, and Vincent. And so just uh, please introduce yourself. Uh, this is Marilyn Opitz. <laughs> Marilyn, no, I'm sorry. Marilyn from Maryland. Maryland, yeah. Maryland. Yes, yes I'm Marilyn from Maryland. <laughs> Marilyn from Maryland. So how, how are you doing, Marilyn? Well, um, I'm a, I'm a mixed bag of emotions right now. Um, Join the world. Some, yeah, I know. I have uh, I have a lot of good things going on, a lot of intense things going on, in addition to what's going on in the world. Um, but uh, I I had I had some, uh, an, uh, I guess I had my abilities tested recently. And uh, I had, uh, you know, I usually have have had friends who passed on appear in dreams, usually six months to a year or even a couple years after they passed. And I recently had, uh, the minute I found out about that someone had passed had just been been buried the day before, um, and uh, when I heard the news, and there was a friend that I hadn't known she was even sick in the first place. It wasn't corona-related, but it was something else. Um, I had a dream of her that night, and a very real dream, you know. And uh, she came to me, and, and, you know, we were dreaming as if we were just together like like anything was, you know, normal. Things were normal. And but in my dream, she said, "You know, I'm so glad to be out of the hospital. I feel so much better." You know. <laughs> and, wow. Um, you wow. Know, and, and to have that happen in such a short period of time from when she passed, you know. It usually it does was, happen uh, very short because we hang on the in the world and the earthly dimensions for a while before we actually move on to the heavenly dimensions. So it makes sense uh, okay. that you would have them right away. You can have it instantaneously. Uh, you can wind up knowing and being communicated with before anybody else finds out that the person has even died. Wow. Well, I had been thinking about her even that day. I had been thinking of her uh, even during that the time that she had been sick, and I hadn't really been that day that apparently that they were actually, you know, putting her to rest, I had been thinking her even more that day. And then the fact that, you know, that the next day that I hear from her husband that, you know, oh, I hate to tell you this, but this is what's been going on. Um, And then that night. So, But like I said, it's so strange for me because I usually, when I had had people come to me in dreams and, and otherwise it's usually way long after they pass. Right. And, so, uh, but why is it surprising you? 
you ha- if you have this ability, right, and you've been experiencing this kind of stuff, why should it shock uh-huh. you? Well, because, like I said, it was it happened so soon, and that right. Never so, had so, that what were you thinking? What were you afraid? You were losing control or something like that? Your your abilities oh, were no, getting no. better. No, yeah, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. I had it. It just was. Um, you know, on one it hand, new. it was reassuring. It, right. You know, it's reassuring. There you go. But on on the other hand, it was um, it was so. Um, uh, I guess it was a way that she was showing me that she was feeling better. You know, um, you know, it was uh, you know, it was uh, it was kind of like a, a a shock because usually when you put them under rest, they're they're to rest, you know. Um, but obviously she wasn't at rest with me, you know. <laughs> I guess she needed to say mm. goodbye in her own way to me, you know. Well, she was letting you know. Here's the thing about it. Um, when people are dying, and depending upon how they're dying, unless it's one of those quick things, then they're hurting and suffering, and their souls are longing to get out of that body. So she right. literally was trying to give you the message, I'm at peace now. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I didn't yeah. want to be there. So that was a good message for you. you. I mean, obviously, you share it with only those people who understand this kind of thing. But it was to right. also let you know and give you a peace. That if you hear, yeah. oh, my gosh, she was in the hospital, like when the husband called and she was in the hospital and she was suffering, you would already be at calm because you knew she told you, oh, my gosh, I feel so much right. better now. I'm out of that. Right? right? Yeah. yeah, I guess because I heard it from him first about all the suffering, and then it was shocking. But then to have, I guess, for her to say that in the dream, and it was so real. It really was so real. It um, is real. Yes, it is real, just so that you know. The, yeah, the only yes. way for us to dream about deceased people is is that they're actually there visiting. And what if you have visitations from people who were when they're in real life, not in a dream? When you have the same way, there's just different ways of, I don't dream about deceased people. They come to me while I'm awake. So it uh-huh. just means you're sensitive and you can do mediumship stuff. And and I'm sorry, Jen, did you need to get in there? Yeah. Um, yes. Well, just a second. I was going to say, too, because, uh, by the way, before we go, also I've got to say, Duffy and Adele Georgia says that he and um, his friend Sasha, they're listening to this, and they're really enjoying the show. He says, hi, we're enjoying this. Thank you, Duffy and Sasha, for listening. Also, for anybody, uh, if you want to know, I will be sharing links to Vincent's website on all of my social media everywhere uh, as Jennifer and as Madam Perry Salon. But I want to say, and Marilyn, uh, Marilyn here, she's a, she's a makeup artist and um, actor and writer, and she's a friend of the show. And um, Marilyn, funny you should mention, you were talking about that with your friend, because um, Vincent, two days ago I was talking with, or yesterday I was talking with my brother, my youngest brother, and our mother passed last September after a long time in the hospital. Before she went in, she was saying that um, she thought that, that, that my brother and his ex-wife, that his ex-wife was trying to get him back. 
And Scott, you know, and my brother Scott, he, he's very big-hearted. So he does things, you know, for because her husband passed. But also they've got children. He says, I'll never marry again. She broke my heart and left me devastated. He said, but, you know, we have children together and a grandchild together. Of course I'm going to help out. You know, the grandparents helped out with raising the grandchild when needed, even though they weren't together. But my mother was always so afraid they were going to get back together. And she says, oh, she's trying to pull him in. Well, I said something about that the other day. I said, don't let her pull you back in, Scott. You know what Mama said? He knows I'm kidding him. And he goes, you know, I have had dreams since she passed where she just comes up to me and says, don't go back there. Don't go back there. Absolutely. I'm telling you, that's, those are real hauntings now. I mean, a ghost can haunt you one way, but a deceased loved one certainly can get in there and bug yeah. you and make sure you try you do the right thing. So, yes. Oh, yeah. He kept saying, oh, she's going to haunt me. I go, oh, Scott, she's not going to haunt you. you go, and then he goes, well, you know, she keeps coming back saying... <laughs> That's right, because they take the person. We take our personalities with us. Oh yes, oh yes, and I have had some interaction with a deceased grandmother who was not the most loving. You know, we're not not that image of the sweet, you know, kind, always one hundred percent, you know, grandmotherly. And I, uh, I've had either it's either been dreams or I went when I'm waking up from being a sound sleep. Um, and it was, we were living in a certain area that seems to have a lot of supernatural activity in that town. And for some reason, I fully believe that we were our, our where our apartment was had was some sort of energy draw. Because when the whole three years we lived there, it, we were, I was having something, uh, some sort of an encounter at least once a month of wow. one kind or another. And, uh, but I actually woke up to having uh, my grandmother and another family member, and I think it was my dad, but I'm not sure, uh, visiting. And, um, and my grandmother said something really uh, crappy, you know, something really, <laughs> something that she, an insult to me that she would have said when I was younger and just laughed in, her, in the way she used to laugh, you know, kind of a shady, kind of, kind of evil right, laugh. Right, right. And, 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 and then I'm just waking up and hearing her say this insult, I'm thinking, great, oh, that's just what I needed to hear. You know, it just uh, you know, here I here I think that you're vi- you know going to come to visit, and you're still the you know being a bitch, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. you know Malin, they, you know, they can. Yeah, my mother before she passed, because she was on ventilator for a long time and didn't speak, but before that she wasn't speaking to me. And, of course, as I've told you before, that woman was never – I don't think she ever looked like she was happy to see me in my life. But she's still not speaking to me. Now. She's telling my brother what to do, but not speaking to me still. Yeah. So not coming I would say to you. pretty yeah. even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, that is so funny. Really now, they got to get – just so that you know, they've got to get through that, and they're having guides on the other side – that are guiding them along the way and letting them know, do you really want to be that way? Do you really not want to fix it? <laughs> so they do have to fix that all just so that you know. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, the yeah. thing, she died in 1981. 
She died in 1981. Well, it's taken her a long time to fix things. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) I thought I was. I don't know. Okay. It it showed me that, you know, after all this time, she's still being that way. I don't know how how long it's ever going to get fixed. And, you know, I was just like, you know, this is the last thing. Whenever it came, whenever things happened, it was during a time when I was extremely stressed. And they were never coming as a comfort. And uh, it was always the, the last thing I needed. And, um, or there were things that just like kind of like enough to like freak you out in a way, but not, not making me feel comforted. Like if only friends. And I can honestly say, because friends, these friends who have, pa- have passed on, like this friend who I saw just recently, you know, saying that she's uh, glad to be out of the hospital. Um, they were family of choice. You know, close mm-hmm. friends that I chose, that I considered family, they were a family of choice, not family that I was born into, you know. So yeah. they right. gave me comfort. They gave me good messages. But well, I'm also, going to ask, I'm going to challenge the both of you, okay? Okay. Because I got a All little right. secret to share that you're not going to want to hear, but you need to hear. All right? No, dear. All right. Okay, you got to understand something. They're on the side where God resides. Okay. If you are still hearing them as the old people that they were, they can only come to you being filtered through your own beliefs. And if they still are the same people that they were when they were before, it's because in your own beliefs, you have not released how they had hurt you. And uh, when okay. you do, mm-hmm. you will hear them differently. They are not allowed to manipulate you. They are not allowed to change your mind. They, they can whisper a message to you, but they can't influence you. They can only come as you expect them to be there. So change the way you think they are, and I promise you they will change the message and the way they come to you. Hmm. Think about that, well, both yeah. of you. Yes, that's interesting. All that's right. very interesting. But, okay. yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about this grandmother until she appeared. I hadn't even thought about her in, in It a don't make a difference. It's, she's still within you, uh-huh. and so are the scars. Oh, I yeah. see. Right? So oh, you can't well, help that, okay. right? All right. So now yeah. face it, look okay. at it, and say, Grandma, I'm going to believe you are loving now, and I can't wait to hear from you and know that you've grown so much, and I promise you she'll come back in a different way. Huh. All well, right. I hope now, so. We're going to keep up with each other on this, okay? Because we both. Yeah, hope please we do. That'll be a great. That'll be a great challenge for the both of you to work with each other on. And and Jen, yes. you don't expect to hear from your mother because you know you still hold that in your heart how she treated you versus how she treated your brother. I, I got nothing. You're, you're right on. So, yeah. I, I know. I know. That. I yeah. know, hon. Well, yeah. that's why I do what I do. Yes, that's what I do, do what I do, and right? Listen, 
And and I am so grateful that you have been so we've, – we've even gone to OT, so I'm going to have to wind this up. Vincent, yes. you have been so generous with your time and with your information and your messages to us. Uh, again, I will be sharing on all of my social media how to find his website so you can uh, – Great. So you can get the information you need and get – and uh, th- this man I, – I, Vincent – Marilyn knows I don't normally say stuff like this right off the bat. You know, not that I'm as mean as I look, but I don't say stuff. But I just think you are adorable and just enchanting, and I am so grateful that you spent so much time in here. My goodness, and, thank uh, you so much. You touch, you touch my heart and soul. Let me just soul, say I so love thank you. you. I love you, you. I really do. You just I okay. absolutely appreciate that. You validate my my me and my work. Thank you both. Thank you. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you All so much. All the best to you. All right, all the best to you, and again, this is Madam Perry Salon. I love you.